Good morning. Welcome to today's CIT Tech for Business podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Kyle and Rob to discuss what to consider when hiring an MSP. Just a little moment to introduce myself. I know this is our fifth Tech for Business podcast. I'm Kelsey. I'm part of our marketing team, and I'm going to be asking these guys just a couple questions. Help us keep centered from all of our tangents that we love to have. But I'm going to kick it right over to you guys. Why don't you guys give, me, give us your first name, your title, and then we'll dive right into it. Thanks, Kelsey. Um, my name is Kyle Edder. I am the president and CEO at CIT. Hey, good morning. I'm Rob Kramer. I am Director of Managed Services at CIT. Awesome. Thank you both. As I kind of led us into in our intro, talking about MSPs this morning, managed service providers, what are those? Well, that's a great question. Uh, to, to different people, managed service providers means different things. But in general, a managed service provider is an organization that you can call that's going to help answer uh computer questions for your users, whether that's, um, you know, how do I uh, install this uh, Microsoft application? How do I print? I'm having problems printing. Can you fix it for me? Um, sometimes it's more important to talk about what they're not, and we can get into that in just a little bit. Yeah, I think you can just to add to that a little bit. So there's an agreement. Typically, it's a monthly recurring fee, uh, usually based on users or devices that you have um, to support your IT infrastructure. So as Rob mentions, obviously there's typically help desk, there's technical expertise provided by um, by the MSP partner that you choose. And then there's a set of tools, typically automation, to help uh, control costs as well as, as uh, bring in uh, management framework for how you manage your, your IT infrastructure. So it usually provides us some software for, for management for things like patching of Microsoft patching, patching of what we call third-party applications, your web browsers, different components, um, making sure that things are up or down, if servers or firewalls or key components in your IT infrastructure to automatically monitor for their status, as well as other things like how much disk space is in use, is the processor running high CPU usage, those types of things. So you have a lot of metrics and and other things that get gathered by those tools. So very valuable, but it's a combination of obviously um, trained and experienced IT personnel plus software and services in a monthly agreement. This at a high level, what it is, it definitely varies by vendor or by uh, MSP on how they package it, but it's uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of sums up what it is. Awesome. That makes sense. It's still a lot of things, right? Right out of the gate that you're like, we could do a million and <laughs> things for you. Congratulations. And yeah. some of these are going to have acronyms, just like the name of it. Um, but you guys briefly mentioned, right? These are all of the things that MSP can do. Kind of my, made my brain go, are MSPs just local companies or can they be bigger organizations that tend to have more outsourcing? What's kind of the range of where you can find MSPs and where they're located? You can find them everywhere. Um, you got MSPs that are, that are anything from a from a one or two person uh, company that 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 support uh, you know small groups within their area uh, to very large national organizations that have uh, thousands of engineers spread across the world. Um, and the trick is finding the one that's right fit for you. Uh, you know, somebody who's going to be uh, well suited to to your organization who can really partner with you, learn your your ins and outs of your your unique uh, environment, um, and help support you on that. So um, small or large, uh, 
you know, there's advantages in, in both directions. Uh, finding the, the right fit is, is really what's important. No, that makes perfect sense and launches right into my next question. How do you find one with all of those options out there? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd start off with, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at at some of the common options, asking friends or colleagues, you know, who they've worked with, if they have any recommendations, because finding somebody, uh, you know, that, that somebody else is willing to recommend usually is a good indicator that they're, they're a solid company that they're going to they're going to do a good job supporting your environment. Um, you know, going to Google and just typing in a search and just randomly calling somebody, you don't know what you're going to get. You could be getting, uh, you know, a, a one person shop out of uh, out of Timbuktu uh, and, and, and they don't know you know your environment. They don't know you know your, your industry. Um, and when they go on vacation, you still lose your support. So, you know, sometimes you're looking for that organization that's just the right size, that they have enough engineers. When somebody's on vacation, you still get to call, you still get to talk to somebody, you still get support. Um, but they're not so big that you're just, uh, a, you know, a, a, um, you know, a small fish in a big pond, if you will, that, uh, that they don't really know anything about you. They don't learn your environment. You're just, you know, it's just another person you're calling. You, you could just be as well be calling, uh, you know, a manufacturer someplace and talking to a, a help desk in India. You don't, you don't really know. Right. So finding that right organization, um, asking around, asking, like I said, asking your, your peers, asking uh, other organizations in your industry uh, if they're using a managed service provider, who they've used and, and who they like uh, is probably one of your, your really strong indicators of a good place to start. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I think I think the referral side is always a strong aspect. Um, yeah, as, as mentioned, there are national ones, um, you know, being a local provider to be slanted towards believing there's a lot of value in in the local uh, provider just because um, from what we've seen over the years just being remote um, is, is not enough you know there is definitely times you know you need to be on site and you want to be on site you want to make the connection it's 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 gonna there's things you need to do to keep you know upgrading on the systems and the other components and it's just um, you know nearly impossible to just you can't do it all remote um, it just um, if you have on-site support to handle those things and you just need some augmentative, then possibly a you know, national provider could could fill the the need for you. But um, in many cases where you're truly looking for you know an IT partner that can be more holistic and usually we find from the customers we work with, you know, the intention or the expectation is is that they're looking for, you know on-site, remote, you know, the whole, the whole gamut, you know, the whole end game is to say they want IT working um, and keep the systems, keep their users productive. And, um, you know, quite often, you know, a local provider, I think provides a little more closer relationship, closer alignment with what the customers are actually expecting. Well, that makes perfect. Oh, sorry, Rob, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to uh, add a little bit to that, uh, you know, um, comics, an excellent point. And that is, uh, you know, managed service providers, uh, as as we are, um, we gather a ton of data. We 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 learn a lot about the customers' environments. Um, and one of the things that that lends itself to is really looking towards the future. And and as we move forward, you know, what's going to be the best fit for the order, for the customer in the future? Do they need to be looking at a specific type of technology or or something you know that's coming down the line, or do we need to make some changes to their system to optimize it? having that holistic coverage where you actually have engineers who can come on site and can have that that hands-on expertise for you uh, really kind of fills out that managed service uh, service desk environment uh, and allows you to kind of have the other side of it so if you don't have that local it presence and, and you you need that kind of help 
looking for a provider that has kind of that, that full package is, is going to be very important to you. No, yeah. That makes perfect no. sense. And yeah. just really, really quickly, that kind of brought up the question, right, that I say I'm a customer. And of course, in today's world, I'm hybrid or a lot of my workers are remote. And yes, it's great to have somebody on site. But how does that work? Let's say that I have right employees that are all working from their homes. Somebody's in Hawaii. Somebody's here. Would a local MSP still be able to provide the support that I need? Yeah, actually, uh, very, very effectively. And um, if you're the type of organization who may have a local network administrator, um, uh, with an organization like like ours, we'll give you access to the tools. So you can actually use our tools to help support your remote users wherever they happen to be. Um, so just like we use it to help remote in and, and shadow somebody's screen and, and solve a problem, uh, a local IT person could use that same uh, tool to do, to do that work as well. So yeah, it, it is very effective. Um, having the, the, the knowledge of the organization, uh, learning about their unique software and applications and how their users need to function, um, really is is more critical than where they're sitting. Uh, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, we saw this this mass uh, migration to this hybrid environment. Um, and those organizations who had uh, some pre-planning for that, who had some users who traveled from time to time, had some uh, ability to work remotely, uh, actually were able to make that transition very easily. And organizations who are fairly uh, static, very in-house, um, they had to scramble a little bit, and and they had to lean pretty heavily on people like uh, like the managed service provider to help them figure out how to get their users out to the house and still be able to do what they need to do. And um, it was a it was a very interesting time to see how different organizations reacted in that. Yeah, yeah, very very much so. And I also think that you know the 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 tools them themselves give such a ease of access to get to those devices, but. You know, to have a local provider that can prep those devices and have them sent to those remote workers when they are ready for upgrades, you know, we see a lot of synergy and a lot of value in that as well. Um, just the consistency of the support provider to understand the nuances that everybody's IT systems has. Nothing is a one size fits all in IT. It never is. They're never the same. So, you know, the, the way that they prefer to have their devices set up and what the user's expectation is of the workstation when they receive it, you know, needs to be, you know, planned out accordingly. So when you send it to that remote worker, you want them to be, you know, as productive as fast as possible. Um, and we find a lot of synergy in, you know, the pre-prep, pre-imaging, um, even with cloud-connected desktops and Azure AD and those things, you know, you want to go through some prep on those devices to before they go to the users. And I, I think a national provider would have a very difficult time executing on that. I smell a future podcast coming there about prepping devices. And <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, that could be a yeah. whole nother 30 minute discussion. So yes, we'll like tuck that one in our pocket for a future one. Um, but let's say that I am a customer, I have X number of employees. Is there a certain number of employees that when I'm interviewing an MSP, I should say, yes, you're gonna be a good fit or no, I'm either too big for you or you're too big for me. Do you guys tend to come across that when talking with people? You know, I, Kyle can speak a little bit to, to that probably more than I can it, it, as he's in a lot of those pre-meetings. But uh, if I look at, at the kind of customers that we have, um, we have a lot of customers from very small, um, you know, five, 10 users, um, all the way up to, you know, to several hundred users. Um, so, so does that mean that that one size fits all? No, but but there is a point I think you will find um, that you need to know the organization you're partnering with has the back end infrastructure and capacity to handle 
the, the types of issues you're going to have? Um, do they have the training and stuff you need? Um, a lot of the large organizations will tend to get a little bit more complex. They, they may very well have um, a more advanced environment. Uh, and, and if you're working with an MSP that's uh, um, a little on the smaller side, they may not have the, the breadth of experience and, and, and knowledge that you're looking for. So, yeah, it is an important question to ask. Um, it, does that mean that one organization can't service both? No. Uh, like I said, we, we have many customers that, that, that kind of span the, the environment size. Um, would I want to take on a, a you know a 10,000 user organization? I don't think I'd be ready for that. You know, I, I think that I'd, I'd have questions as to whether or not we have the capacity to handle the, the, the number of calls and stuff, but um, that doesn't mean it's not possible. It really depends on the environment, what their expectations are. So, Yeah, I, I, th I think it's, um, you know, again, there, there is no one size fits all on this side of it. It's how, it's the role the MSP provides um, can be adjusted accordingly. Um, the smaller organizations, Rob said, it, once you're, you know, you're typically less than, uh, you know, 50 full-time employees, you know, an, an MSP essentially could be your IT department. You know, they they handle the on-site, they provide the remote help desk, they manage the systems, they do the upgrades, they handle everything. As you start to get larger um, and definitely uh, more than 100 plus users, typically you start to see a need for an on-site IT person, somebody within the organization that is now a full-time employee, but the MSP is is augmentative. They handle projects. They handle, you know, keeping an eye on the systems 24/7. They provide the the, the management platform that that resource uses um, as an augmentative side of it. But then that employee is more focused on the users uh, for the customers' productivity as well as their data, their systems, their line of business applications. As you get bigger, those become complex. And I know we might talk a little bit about this. Let's go through there is where it's a struggle for an MSP is once you get into those internal line of business systems, MSPs, we, we can't go that deep into the organization side of it. It's a more, you know, um, higher level IT support for the functioning of the desktops and the patching and the health and the networks and the security of the systems and those things. But once you get into that data, you know, having somebody on site who really understands that keeps the users becomes Becomes very productive, and most larger employees, that's where it really starts to to be a, a need. But an MSP can provide a tremendous augmentative, consistent support that has, you know, for for us, we're twenty four by seven. I know there's other MSPs around, so looking for those that you have somebody on glass, you know, around the clock that can, you know, give you a call if the system's reporting offline that they can potentially take to. Make sure things are patched to give you the, the management platform to manage it. There's a tremendous value there that, again, having somebody internally to try to build that themselves just takes them away from the core business um, because the MSPs do a very, very good job at that. It's what they're purpose built for. And that was going to yeah. be. Yeah, sorry, Rob, I was going well, yeah, to say. Well, yeah, to Kyle's point there, you know, we're not going to know a lot of those line of business applications. However, for some of our customers who are kind of in that in-between category, they don't have a local, a local IT person, but they have kind of a unique application. Um, we proxy that. We, we will call the vendor on their behalf. We'll get the ticket set up and we'll, we'll work with the end user to try and solve that problem. We don't necessarily have that expertise, but we can help broker the connection and help translate for, for the person on the technical side uh, to the business side. Uh, so, um, you know, we can act as kind of the intermediary for those calls as well when we need to. That's a good point. 
perfect. I was going to say two things. First, can you give an example of some of those line of business applications? Which ones are easier to process, proxy with? Which ones are maybe a red flag to be like, hey, you're going to have to use their support? <laughs> well, that's kind of a grab bag, but just if somebody was yeah. listening, like, how do I look my applications and know whether this is going to be a problem child or if it's fairly easy? That, that, like ERPs, ERPs, CRM, exactly. Um, a lot of those, you know, accounting into your accounting set, it kind of falls in the ERP side of it. Once you get into those things, um, I won't name any by name. <laughs> ones, um, and obviously some things that are custom built side with it. Um, and even some of it is just the, the data workflow that some organizations have evolved into how they're using you know, your your Word and Excel documents, their file share structure. Um, companies have evolved over the decades of of how they're using just, you know, uh, unstructured data that just sits on a file share within it um, in very unique ways. <laughs> you run into those things and they have very unique processes with how they print and share and, and execute a workflow within their business side of it. So, um, you know, it can be very far reaching uh, and, for an MSP to walk in the door and just have, you know, some, it, there's no magic sauce to just say, boom, we get it. We understand everything. There's, it, it, it takes, you know, it, it takes time and certainly to go deeper into those things. Again, we have to rely on the vendors or somebody on site to champion those products that we can make sure that the, that the systems are operational and healthy and available up to the point of then once it's in the application, it gets, much more complex, but that just requires a lot of collaboration and making sure that you're you're talking, which I think circles back, I think the importance of the local because you need that regular cadence and communication to keep everybody on the same page, just as you would if they were internal. You need to make sure that the teams are talking, whether they're external or not, you gotta have that. And that's definitely what we've seen over the years is just the, the need to, when we've seen things start to become problematic between our services and the customer, increasing the cadence between our managed team and the customer's teams resolves those challenges. Whether we go to a weekly call and then make sure things are quieted down because some system upgrade went through, there's a spike in calls, users are upset, customer becomes upset, start talking more, miraculously things start to get back on track, people are collaborating better and then you start to move forward. So it's not that much different than what you do internally between departments. Things aren't working. You got to get people meeting to to resolve things. And that's, you got to look at your MSP in that way, kind of extension to say, they don't have a crystal ball. They're not going to be able to walk in and see things under, you know, behind the, the curtain. So you got to, got to get people talking. But uh, that, that one of the things that came out of uh, Kyle that, that came to my mind was, um, uh, you know, we talked about the, the the calls and the cadence and stuff with the customer. Um, to be clear, it's not always an IT person we're talking to the customer. When when we're talking about those applications, that who that point of contact is for the for the um, the, the line of business application, sometimes that is the um, the the accounting person. Sometimes that is the, the office administrator, but they have the the knowledge that local application that that there are interface locally on site for that support uh, when we're when we're troubleshooting with the vendor. No, that all makes perfect sense, and I know it can be right a whole deep dark hole of it's hard within thirty minutes to say, hey, here's all of the things that you can look at. But on that vein, if you had to really high level say, 
I have a business, I'm looking at MSP, when would an MSP maybe not be the best fit and when should I maybe look to hire somebody internal? Boy, that's a tough question. Um, There's a lot of different things I think that play into that. First of all, um, you know, what's your technology environment like today? Um, is it fairly stable? Is it um, is, is it functioning and, and providing the, the the resources you need to do your your business moving forward? Um, if it's just kind of hanging on by its by 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 a shred of uh, of of life, and, and it's kind of about to to die, that may not be an indication you want an MSP, but rather just a technology partner who can come in and help you kind of breathe some new life into that, get it up to upgraded, get it stable, um, and then to maintain it going forward. You would want to look to an MSP, somebody who can help you um, as you look to the future to, to make sure that things are again patching, that they're healthy, that you've got you know good uh, security in place. Um, and then as new things come around and we understand your business, we should be able to work with you during things like quarterly business reviews to say, hey, here's some things you should be planning for. Did you know that you know, Microsoft Server 2012 R2 goes end of life in, in October of 2023? We should be planning an upgrade. We should be looking to make sure that we're staying ahead of this so that we can do it in a, in a controlled manner and not, not get blindsided and all of a sudden have to scramble because uh, that's always going to put you in a bad situation. So um, if, you're, if you're in a good situation today and you're just looking for that, that help, that, that kind of that, that security and that, that support to keep things functioning, it's a great time to start talking to an MSP. Um, if you've got a local IT person and you go, you know what, this person's going to be out for a, a period of time. They're going to take some vacation. They they want they want some you know they have a personal life too. They can't always be available. I need somebody to help them to augment them. That's another great reason to look for an MSP. Um, you know, we're not there to replace that IT person. We're there to be their partner, to be their their um, their henchman, if you will, to to help them keep that environment working. Um, if you're if you're coming to an MSP and saying, "Hey, my environment's a complete mess. It's, it's, it, I need I need somebody to straighten it all out." Somebody who's holistic, like like we are, we can work with you. We can work with your 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 environment. We can get you upgraded and then transition that into our our maintenance and support under managed services. So there, there's a lot of different things that can play into that. Um, is there one right time for every company? No. You kind of got to look at it and say, "What are my needs? Uh, am am I am I growing to the point where?" I don't know how to keep this functioning. I don't know what the future holds. I need some some advice. Then it's probably a good time to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's very far reaching, but I think Rob makes a very good point. What what I've seen from customers, if 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 they're if you're looking at the MSP and you're thinking it's they're they're going to go into that managed service contract is going to alleviate all your IT problems and you have a lot of IT problems, that is not going to be the the fix for it. You know why you you may have had somebody else managing the IT, whether it's another managed service provider or it was somebody internal or an independent contractor. If the IT budget wasn't realistic, if you were not investing into the correct IT infrastructure and that is the reason for the issues, just switching to another provider or bringing an MSP in there is not going to that by itself fix it. You're gonna have to you know, allow for and have strategic conversations to make sure that you're investing in the IT infrastructure to make IT work right. The customers that we work with that uh, continue to invest and drive the most value out of their IT, invest in their IT. It, it, IT is not inexpensive. It's not something that needs to be managed for the least cost possible. That has never been a successful model. I've done this for over 30 years. The customers with the least cost have never proven successful. I've never seen it. Um, Why there can be some cost strategic 
benefits of the MSP side of it. Again, we mentioned some of those on providing the platform, providing the augmentation, providing those things. That's just working smarter and using, you know, people in their right seats to drive the most value out of your IT spend. And, you know, they can definitely be done in those customers that we engage with that do that. You know, there's tremendous synergy and they really drive their IT systems. And we see them actually, you know, produce better results for their customers. And that's the end goal, you know, and it works, it looks tremendous side of it. So, you know, take a close look. My advice is make sure you have a realistic budget for this. Technology is a tool. It's a tool to use in your business to to help your business to move forward uh, and to service your customers. And just like any tool, you got to take care of it. If you don't take care of the tool, it's going to fail you when you need it the most. No, that makes perfect sense, right? There's all of these tools, all of these options. And just kind of wrapping it up for today's discussion, because I feel like we could probably turn this into a whole series if I could go on so many <laughs> tangents about all of these things. But let's say that I am looking at somebody and I'm looking at their tool set and I'm looking at all of the in-house services beyond, right? You go to an MSP website and they're like, we can do printing and we can do all of this. And your brain goes, do I need all of that? And again, I'm sure it's custom to the customer, but is there something that if you were looking checklist and you were being like, okay, what are some of the kind of differentiators between MSPs that are maybe red flags or things that you're like pro tip, that's a great thing to have. I, I think in, in this um, in this current uh, environment that we all live in, um, uh, any provider that you partner with, any MSP that you look at uh, really should have a strong security focus. You want somebody who's going to be looking out for your environment to make sure that we're doing the right things to keep you as secure as possible. Um, that So their tools should reflect that. So if they're not using um, current tools, things like uh, endpoint detection and response or what's called EDR, um, you know, traditional antivirus is fine, but EDR is really, um, you know, an important factor for securing those endpoints. Um, and, and it's really the recommendation that, that I would expect most MSPs to be making to their customers today. So looking for a customer, for, for an MSP company that has a, a strong focus on, on keeping your, your environment secure, as well as being able to support you um, around the clock when your business needs it. Uh, I think those are some of the key factors that, that you should be looking for. Yeah, I, I think having the managed service provider, having security, you know, trained personnel on staff is also, you know, in 2022, incredibly important. Um, you know, just because nobody has a get out of security incident, you know, free card, it seems there's a lot of things that come through there and having, you know, experts to go through those things. And, um, you know, I think it's an important point. Not all MSPs are equal. I know when you see the proposals, it looks very static. We all present very similar things in little different manners, but it can be confusing. You know, ask about how they're how they secure their systems. Ask how their staff do they. You know, how do they handle these after hours? How do they handle a security incident if it were to occur? What would they do? Um, you know, I, vet those out. Um, if if they're too small for your needs side, if you're going to find a pretty large gap there, and that's going to be you know strenuous on a in a critical situation to make it worse, um, you know, and ask how they approach the IT budgeting side of it is another thing, as we just talked about that side of it. Do they help with having realistic budgets that are strategic and aligned with the business, so you have predictive spend as much as possible with this side of it? That brings in security uh, and investment sides of those and the operational budget and just the overall, you know, support of the systems. How do they account for it? How do they do it? And then how do they secure the systems? Because 
MSPs in this side of it, we all know that we're under, you know, under the the, the scope of the of the of the threat actors to come after because there's, you know, we have access to system sides of that. So if your MSP is not secure, you know, you're 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 opening yourself up for an issue there as well. So just stuff that you want to definitely ask to make sure that they have things covered. Um, we're a SOC 2 type 2. We went through that certification. We invest in a tremendous amount of tools. Sides of those, the EDR Rob mentioned is, you know, definitely one thing we we rolled in uh, uh, early last year side of that into the platform side of it because you need to keep evolving these things. It's well beyond just patching and stability and remote control. And 22 is what you want your MSP to be. That, that sounds uh, like it wraps up really well. I have not got a lot more to say <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> We're like, and that's the cherry on top. And no, as I've no. mentioned throughout this one, I feel like we could talk with both of you in multiple different series. I'm hoping that this sparks good questions for people where people are like, what did you mean by that? And that we can turn it into a whole nother series. But thank you both for sitting down today, talking about what is an MSP, all the good things. But how people would get in contact with us if they do have those questions, they can email us info at cit-net.com or they can head on out to our podcast page, which is cit-net.com backslash podcast. There's a form on there. You can send us an email, call us, chat us. These guys love to talk. If you haven't caught on by now, five episodes in, we're like, yeah, we can talk all the time. We just keep ourselves on a timer for these. So we're going to be back next week with another episode, but thank you both so much for sitting down today and building another Tech for Business podcast. Thanks so much.